I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. When push comes to shove, you know, when things really get tough, do you go with your gut or with God? Said another way, if your every word and action in 2022 was going to be divided at the end of the year into all of those words and actions that align with God's word and God's will and God's way and those that don't, how do you think you'd do? I'd do awful. How would you do? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good answer. Worse. No, I'm worsen. That's it. They didn't name me that for nothing. Yeah, see, because uh, here's the thing. When those two face off and you're facing that choice and you got to choose a winner. You know, the, we're talking about when your thoughts conflict with God's. I got to choose a winner. Do you lean toward the Lord or yourself? Well, we're born. We're bent leaning toward ourselves. That's what we're breaking away from. That's. That's how we start. We got to just identify the problem so we know how to overcome it. Best not to uh, try to lean on yourself. Because when it comes to the straight and narrow, uh, there's not a lot of wiggle room. You know? So you must trust, talking to myself as well, we must trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding when it conflicts with God. But in all your ways... Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight because they're not so straight. By the way, that's a really funny scripture, a funny haha. That's a humorous, humorous scripture. We've kind of lost the humor. I'm going to show it to you right now. Uh, you know why? Because you ever try, stand up for a second real quick, if you can. Stand up, if you can. Okay. Now, without touching anyone or anything, lean on yourself. <laughs> You get it? You can't. Okay, have a seat. That's why that's funny. You can't lean on yourself. That's the whole point. It's undoable because leaning means resting. Resting. When we lean on ourselves, we get more anxious. Leaning means resting on something stronger. You ever heard of a trust fall? You know this deal? Have you ever done that? <laughs> well, according to scripture, it doesn't work out so well on your own. That's you leaning on yourself, leaning on our own understanding without the Lord. Put that in your mind and in your heart, because that's a great picture when it's like, oh boy, I know what's right, but I know what I want to do. Which way am I going to lean? Don't lean that way. Don't lean that way. Take it from the guy who said, I said, I'm about to fall. But Lord, your love kept me safe. How? How? Oh, well, uphold me according to your word that I may live. Hold me up, you know, according to your word, and I shall be safe. And because it's from your word, I shall observe your statutes. That's a fancy way of saying your ways. I'll observe your ways because you're holding me up with your word. And I'll observe them continually. This guy says, I cried out. I cried out. I'm slipping. And your unfailing love, O oh Lord, supported me. How? With his word. He just said it. When doubts 
filled my mind, your comfort from his word gave me renewed hope and cheer. I like that. Hope and cheer. So let's, we just got to learn to lean on our greatest supporter and cheerleader. And that's our father. It's our savior. Because you just can't trust yourself. I cannot trust myself when it comes to truth. You know why? It's our crooked heart. Our crooked heart is just, according to the Bible, it's just waiting to stab us in the back. Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man, you know, when they conflict. I know what God says, but I like what this guy's saying. Whose heart departs from trusting the Lord. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope, well, is the Lord. So beware, because the heart is deceitful above all things. Read that with me. The heart is deceitful above all things. And, read it with me, desperately wicked. Yeah, it's earned that title. Who can know it? I'll give you one guess. Well, yeah, I guess he just says it. I, the Lord, search that heart. But look what he says. Oh, I search the heart. I test the mind. Why? Well, to give every man according to his ways. Oh, that's a test I don't want to take. I don't want, and especially don't want to fail. I mean, talk about being out of our depth. Can you, can you discover the depths of God? Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? One guess. Starts with J. But if we can't understand him, what can we do with him? I'll give you a hint. We just went over it. Trust him. Trust. Trust. That's what you do with him when you can't understand him. That's the whole meaning of the word trust. I don't understand you. So I'll trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own a backstabbing understanding. But in all your crooked ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Uh, If you were here last Sunday, uh, I'm talking to you. You remember the rock in the wall that wasn't a rock at all? right? But it was just a wrong way of thinking based on a lack of perceiving. Raise your hand if you can now see it for what it is. Yeah, see, right? Well, y'all win that cigar. The only thing, if you weren't here, it's a cigar. That's the ash end of a cigar. The only thing we should trust about the eyes of our heart is that they are blind without pure truth. And we don't start with pure truth in our heart. That's what we got to go seeking. And when we lean on our own, we're on our own. But it doesn't make any sense if you're a believer, right? Because if we're not going to trust him 100%, why trust him at all? You really want to just believe you want to come worship a God that he gets it right most of the time. (laughs) Because if you won't trust, he can't lead not effectively, 
I mean, a little bit, but you know why? Because there's blinders on the eyes of our heart. So I got back up to last Sunday, just a little bit, and then we're going to go forward. Last Sunday, we saw that a doctrine, fancy word, doctrine, is just a way of thinking about God. That's all it means, a way of thinking about God. And we saw in Jeremiah that an idol is simply a worthless doctrine. That's a worthless, at the end of the day, it's just a worthless, it's a worthless, and a worthless doctrine is a full-blown idol. They're, they're just a worthless way of thinking about God. And the Lord says in Ezekiel, everyone who sets up his idols in his heart are all estranged from me by their worthless ways of thinking about me. That, that makes sense, right? It's like they're all, they don't know the real me, God says. They're all separated from me by their worthless ways of thinking about me. They're worthless doctrines, they're idols. That they've, if, the ones they've put in their heart and said, this is what I believe about God. Now we're going to move on. Everyone who, who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble, our own messed up thinking, uh, stumble into iniquity, and then comes to the prophet. There's a lot of them in the Bible. You know, scriptural guidance. This is scary. I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. He does? Why? Why would you do that, God? That's like, so the, the answers are going to be bad and wrong. He goes, pretty much, yeah. Why would he do that? Well, short answer, free will. Because God's perfect word, because of that old free will, has been made subject to, and therefore is limited by the, the warping from our lack of perceiving and our worthless ways of thinking. The false doctrine idols hiding in our hearts. And God says, yeah, that's the way I speak. I gotta, get, I gotta go through your filter. It's a bigger bummer for God than it is for us. He doesn't want to answer according to the multitude of our worthless ways of thinking about him. But if we've put him in our heart, that's why we have to seek his face and his word so we know the real him, that tr pure truth. So Jer Jeremiah says this. So do not listen to the words of the prophets who make you worthless. You know, listen to the one who makes your path straight. They speak a vision of their own heart, and it's just going to bring confusion. Not from the mouth of the Lord, which Proverbs tells us is Scripture. But I like this, because uh, for who has marked his word and heard it, you know, I didn't even know they had highlighters back then, but, but they had their version, they had their version, because that's what he's talking about, for who has marked his word and like truly heard it, you know, went listening and looking, because here's the thing, if they had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their own evil way, indeed they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, and so we got to therefore he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Which is hard to do. Because it's written in ways that are sometimes hard to understand. Last Sunday, we saw that rock in the wall become legion. Legion. Pleading with Jesus after Jesus commanded the demon to come out. 
And I pointed out in the scripture, there's something really wrong about the way we see that, the way we're looking at it, the way we're thinking about that, because we don't have a problem with Jesus commanding a demon to come out and then the demon is arguing with him. It's like, I thought he had more authority than that. I thought they came out at his word. And, if, and so there's one of those things where you go, wait, this is a test, isn't it? This is one of the tests he talks about. This is where you go, oh, so it wasn't Legion. He'd cast out. He cast out a demon before Legion. Because if he commanded it to come, I can't preach last week's message. Uh, so I pointed out that something was really wrong with our way of thinking. Because Legion was pleading with Jesus after Jesus had commanded the demon to come out. Which then it ended up opening our eyes to a much more faithful story that was there the whole time. The story, and it is there, and it's written. It's the story of Jesus obviously previously casting out other demons. The, some of the many demons that had seized him, literally caught him, that had captured him many times. It's right there in the story. But until we look at Jesus and say, you have the authority, they come out when you command, and this one's begging after you commanded, he can't be the one. And then we see the story, and God says, good job. Good job. That was a hard story to see. It was written that way to test you. We'll try this one on. A lot of you have asked me why, why I haven't published one word yet. Because Here's one of the biggest reasons. Because <laughs> several times, Jesus clearly says, and you may be familiar with this, the Son of Man must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. You've heard that one, right? Well, he makes that very clear, except when he very clearly says, well, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights, count them, three nights in the heart of the earth. <sighs> it's why no one's harmonized the Gospels. This is one of those very few things that's brought it to an absolute standstill for me. Praying for years, God correct my vision. Because he's in the tomb Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. he comes out Sunday morning. So Friday, we can give him the three days. He's in the heart of the earth, definitely three days. But that's just Friday night and Saturday night. That's only two nights. That makes two. That's two. So true or false? True or false in the heart of the earth three nights? Say it. It's true. You understand it? Well, I don't. Well, then I should have talked to you because it took me a long time to figure it out. Those three nights really foul things up. Oh, oh, sorry, I left one out. Did I mention that he also clearly says that the Son of Man must be killed and after three days rise again? Like on the fourth day? At least, yep. Because that's what comes after three days, right about midnight. Right? You see my problem? You see my problem? Actually, I'm afraid you don't. Because that's not my problem. That is perfect. My problem is me. Is these eyes and this heart. Is my worthless eyes that can't see the perfect when it's staring me in the face. I put these scriptures up on my wall. This is what I've been staring at for seven years. 
And I put these up and I stare at them and I, here's my prayer. It's just, I shut my door and I stand before his word and I say, Lord God, I know I'm looking at something perfect and I also know I'm blind. So help me see, soften my heart, open my eyes because I know that's perfect. I know every, every line there is true. I've prayed that about this for a good seven years. And I got an answer. And oh, is it satisfying. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Oh man, I've been harmonizing. Hmm. How do you straighten that? Let alone weave it together. Most of you know that I mean to harmonize those gospels. And I mean to weave them together by hook or by crook into one word. And it is mostly done, has been for some time, except a few little pieces that really foul things up, like that one. So you gotta know that my whole goal has changed. My whole goal has, has become to get out of my own way by un leaning on my own entrenched assumptions as learned mostly from the assumptions of others so that I can finally, hopefully sooner rather than later, stop ignorantly forcing God's word to fit my way, which is way easier said than done. Turns out, it's really tough to get out of your own way and to stop trying to straighten things out by our own conflicting understanding because unleaning requires so much unlearning and trusting because our biggest problem is how he just won't say things the way we think he means to. I'm sure you mean it this way. So I'll just hear it this way. I'll kind of hear what I want. How often do you catch yourself doing that? Well, we might as well gag God if we're going to force him to speak through the, uh, that deceitful filter of our devious backstabber. Because if we're going to force our faith to fit our agenda, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. How can it not how can it not? So instead of putting my efforts into straightening out the work of God's hands, man, I've been putting my efforts for a few years now into what I think will work. And that is reading his word and listening to his word very carefully as warned and crying out regularly for discernment and wisdom as encouraged and trusting that it's all true. That there are no mistakes. That's really hard to do. But hey, yes, yes, it says in Proverbs. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek wisdom as silver, search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will like finally understand the fear of the Lord. Now you got your definition. And as a bonus, you'll find the knowledge of God because a lot of it's concealed this way. Written to test. Because who can make straight what he has made crooked? 
One guess starts with a J. We need the good shepherd to lead us in the straight and narrow because Jesus, let's face it, he says right up there, can't see in the light. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But us, me, I'm all over the place. But God's word is as solid and unbending as this shepherd's crook right here. It is solid, it is unbending, but it is crooked. He made it that way. So the question is, because you can't change it, can't add, subtract, how can you straighten it without changing it. How do you straighten that without changing it? There's only one way. By changing your perspective. If you walk around that baby, there is one angle and only one from which that crook will appear straight. But we're up against, uh, well, everyone. Everyone. I quote, the general consensus on both sides is that you can't have three literal days and three literal nights. And therefore, and I quote, on the basis of divergent, conflicting interpretation. This is the stuff I have to wade through for you guys. This, if this isn't love, I don't know what is. On the basis of divergent, conflicting interpretations, there is no correct interpretation of the sign of Jonah. However, and I also quote, do not listen to the words of the prophets who make you worthless. They are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Therefore, he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And I mean to give my all to do just that. Because I think that simply means trusting with 100% of our heart that it is 100% true that's my hypothesis that's what I'm trying that's what I'm testing all these years and it's sure working out well works out well in life let alone scripture I mean does not wisdom call out she says all the words of my mouth are just none of them is crooked or perverse to the discerning all of them are right. They are faultless. She's telling you, they are. I know what it looks like. It's a test. They are faultless. Literally, the word is straight. They are straight. Yeah, to those who have knowledge. And those who seek me, well, they really do find me, she says. And those who won't, don't. Because of that multitude of worthless thoughts that are cluttering our heart and warping his word and his way and his will. So we need some Bible forensics because, you see, the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. He says, oh, Lord, protect me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that with this. Because, you see, here's the problem. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirits, the motives, the heart. So commit your crooked works, as crooked as they may be, Commit your works to the Lord. Because then your thoughts as driven and tossed as they may be, they will be established. And it's true. I mean, this is hot off the press. This is like a week and a half ago. You want to see it? Oh, I got to warn you. It's embarrassingly simple. It's so simple. Because you know what it requires? Actually really just believing it which apparently I didn't until about a week and a half ago. 
Because you know what actually happened that third night? You know, he was two nights and three days, but he was raised on the third day. And then there's that night. Do you know what actually happened on the third night? You, you shouldn't because nobody does. It's another huge mystery. Where'd Jesus go the third night? Well, now behold, everyone, two of the disciples were traveling that same day, the third day, to a village called Emmaus. Remember them? And Jesus drew near and went with them. Well, he indicated that he would have gone further. And I wonder which direction, horizontal or vertical? But they constrained him saying, well, it is toward evening. And the third day is far spent. And it came to pass, being the third night, as he sat at the table with them, well, he just vanished. Huh. I wonder where he went. He didn't appear again till about midnight in the upper room. So where'd he go? Where was he? And I'm going to tell you right now, we know. We know with 100% certainty where he went and where he was. He went back into the heart of the earth. You know how we know, how we absolutely know? Because he told us. We may not know why. But we know he did because he told us. And he doesn't lie. And he's never wrong. And he said, the son of man will be three nights in the heart of the earth. He didn't, he just didn't mention he might rise early on the first day of the week. But here's what's hilarious. When you take all the big thinkers, there are two things we all agree on and that we all agree we don't know about the third night. One, where he went. He vanished and he didn't show up till hours later. And two, why he said exactly where he'd be. And it's kind of embarrassing when you look at it that way that he said, I'll be three nights in the heart of the earth. And we go, well, we don't know why he said that. It's not true. And by the way, where were you the third night? You get, that's kind of funny on our, at our expense, right? Why'd you say you would be in the heart of the earth the third night? Because it's not true. And by the way, where were you the third night? It gets funnier the more you think about it. It really does how dumb we are. I've stared at that scripture. I want to use stronger language, but I've stared at that scripture. Pray. I'm, I know it's per I'm so glad that's what I pray because it is perfect and I am blind. And boy, did he prove that this week, this, two weeks ago. And now applying a bit of Bible forensics because I got to tell you, the whole Bible has exploded open and blossomed now because there's an event I didn't know. And oh my goodness, everyone's talking about it. Do you suppose this is maybe when the graves were opened? By whom? One guess. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised by whom? By themselves? And coming out of the grave, well, after his resurrection. You know, that happened after his resurrection. Really? They went into the holy city and appeared to many. You think they did all that on their own? Because I'll tell you something else I know, and it's very little because I haven't had a chance. I've been running through that Bible. Peter says in 3.18, 1 Peter, well, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Praise God. Through whom also, by the way, 
You know, yeah, yeah, he's made alive. He came out. Remember he came out, this is not in the script, or, uh, the transcript, but remember when he came out and Mary saw him and he's, he's risen from the dead, he goes, don't hold on to me, I haven't risen, risen yet. I haven't ascended to the Father. He's like, wait, there's more than one risen? You think? Well, look at this. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went. He went somewhere? He went, yeah, he went somewhere. He went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago, like say in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And after he appeared to his disciples after midnight, third day after midnight, he led them out so they could watch him ascend into heaven. Shouldn't have come as a surprise because he was pretty clear that the son of man must be killed and after three days, well, rise again. See what I mean? Oh, I mean to put that baby together. You want to see what else uh, is said about this? Yeah, me too. Me too. So I'm on the hunt, the treasure hunt. You go look. If you find anything, you email it to me. Because I guarantee, I, I started looking through the Psalms and I just went, oh my goodness, they're all talking about him returning to Sheol to, to raise them up. Arise, O oh Lord, and then return. Yeah, anyway, that's a whole nother sermon maybe. You feed me with that sermon. Uh, problem is, we'll wind things down here. So often when push comes to shove, we don't trust his word because we don't actually believe his word because we don't know his word because we don't actually seek his word at least to change our perspective but he's so gracious and he's so good and he'll work with whatever he'll even speak to us through the multitude of worthless filters doesn't like it but however he's got to get into us and into our heart he'll do it oh how can you not love him if and when we begin to seek to know him, he can't not exceed our crooked expectations. So the next time you are imprisoned down here below by your own dark doings, cry out and seek out to correct your perspective. Because I'll tell you, we could all use some uncrooking <laughs> by unlearning, by unleaning on our own understanding. Trust me, if you trust him, and lean on him, oh, he'll straighten you out. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and trust you and worship you with all our heart. Holy Spirit, change our perspective with pure truth and get us out of our way. Lord Jesus, we surrender to you and, and seek to lean on you and especially learn from you. We love you, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.